Welcome to today's episode of the What's in the Words podcast. My name is AJ. And I'm Steve Canal. What's up, everybody? Today, we are reviewing a timely book uh, that's very appropriate for what's going on in the world right now. Steve, do you want to go ahead and introduce the book for today? Absolutely. My Grandmother's Hands, Realized Trauma and a Pathway to Mending Our Hearts and Bodies by Resma Menachem. Right before the podcast started, we um, began opening the conversation that we we're going to get into. So, Steve, go ahead and give us your overview based on where you were going uh, in the beginning. Absolutely. Man, this is a phenomenal, phenomenal book. And we're going to talk about some spicy things. But this isn't something to be discouraged about because this is something for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. And Resma talks about you know, the black body talks about the white body and the police body. And to go even deeper, you know, my grandmother's hands is a call to action. This is this was a powerful, powerful book, AJ. Resma takes a takes a step deeper because, you know, when you look at what we, we're going through today, we always take a step and say, hey, we you know, our policy and laws need to change, which they absolutely do because it is systemic, mm-hmm. right? But what he does is opens our minds to, to realize that this is also about the heart and the body. There are traumas that are impacting people of color today that have been introduced to us from the beginning, you know, when you think about slavery. And this book isn't something for you to fret or be afraid of. This is supported by data, and I, I really appreciated that. So I can't wait to get into this. What I love about it to to continue the conversation down the thread of the body is I've always been intrigued once I started understanding uh, epigenetics. And for the people who may not understand how epigenetics works, it is, if you think about a chameleon, um, when a chameleon goes onto a brown log, the chameleon turns brown. Uh, when it goes onto a green leaf, the chameleon turns green. So it internally changes its physical structure or the physical appearance based on outward information that it's feeding on. That's the same way he explains trauma. So for example, when you're you born into a situation where um, you're fighting all the time, your body will eventually build defense mechanisms that are that pertain to that particular fight that you're a part of. Or to make it even simpler, if you grow up in um, Minnesota, um, and then you move to Florida, initially your body has, has been conditioned through epigenetics to withstand the cold. So when you first get to Florida, it will feel like, oh my God, this is the hottest place I've ever been in my life. Over time, your body will physically evolve to adjust to where you're living. So it will physically evolve to adjust to the temperature in Florida. Then if you go back to Minnesota, where you're originally from, you'll have that same um, reverse response, like, oh my God, this is so cold. Trauma is passed down the same way through generations. So if there's trauma at the grandparents' level, they can pass the same trauma to the kids and they can pass it to the grandkids and so forth and so on. When you look at cultural trauma or human trauma, uh, it works the same way. So you know, coming from slavery, uh, you have a response through not only Um, you know, Black people, but also to white people and also to the people who are silent in the entire conversation. You build different, um, your body responds differently 
based on your perception of what's going on and based on how you're impacted. So he talks about it from a trauma perspective, which I really like that. Um, it's yes, he talks about policy and he talks about some of the things that we talk about all the time, but I love the fact that he took the physical approach. Um, and then he took it a step even further and, I'm, and I'll toss it over to you in a second, Steve, but he took it a step further to trace the roots of white people before they got to America right. um, and back to the Vikings and how, you know, how they treated each other, how they would behead each other and how they hung each other and some of the trauma that they had even escaping, you know, escaping Britain to come to America. They were running from trauma. Every other race, as we have identified it now, was escaping trauma to come to America. We were forced through trauma to come to America, and there's never been any kind of reconciliation for that. So I love the approach that he takes this conversation on. Yeah, and it's, it's man, I love that example. I was going to talk about it as well where he talked about, you know, if you study the history of Europe during the Middle Ages, you know, like you said, you know, what was powerful, what powerful white bodies, what he calls, and I'll talk about, it. he talks about white bodies, black bodies, and police bodies. He says what powerful white bodies did to less powerful white bodies for many, for, for many hundreds of years, they created deep trauma in many, many white bodies, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it continued year over year. And when some of those bodies came to the new world, they brought those, they brought that trauma and mm -hmm. those cruel practices, you know? And today, you know, whatever the hue of our skin, we have mm -hmm. great resilience, but we also continue to carry that trauma in our bodies, uh, which I thought was phenomenal. Um, mm -hmm. We talked about, and I always have those conversations with folks. Um, I know recently, you know, the mayor of Atlanta, Keisha was, you know, addressing some issues that have been happening with uh, shootings in, in, in downtown Atlanta and how, you know, Black people need to, you know, be accountable for themselves and so forth. And I'm like, take a step back, Keisha, before you derail the, the main point of the conversation of what's going on, mm -hmm. focus on why people are, you know, in these situations think about why mentally they're they're in these situations and the trauma they're carrying that is a result of the issues we see today there are traumas built in there are you know systemic uh issues that need to be resolved mm -hmm. um and internally those same people need to be able to tap into who they are uh, without all the external factors to be able to become divine and, and reach that that mindset that we all want. And that's that's for everybody, but this particular, um, you know, issue. You know, when you think about the school systems, the food that's being put in the bodies, everything collectively that is causing people to think a certain way and see life a certain way, in addition to the traumas of slavery that are, have been passed on for generations that are still within the DNA, you know, there's, there's a lot that needs to be broken down. And the takeaway that, you know, I get from this is you can't heal trauma without understanding how the body processes and experiences it. And in the book, Resma talks about the vagal nerve or what he calls, you know, the soul nerve, which is where we, we feel, um, we feel hope, dread, feel, uh, fear, empathy, anxiety, disgust, um, and at least a dozen other emotions, you know, and Resma also uh, talks on reaching out to other bodies and harmonizing with them. So it is a matter of uh, being in tune with self and understanding self 
and being able to surround yourself with that harmony to be able to, to, to continue to grow within you and your community. Uh, and I thought that was very powerful. I thought it was very necessary mm -hmm. because it is deeper than just conversation and talk. You know, our, our, our bodies need to be healed. And Resma uses an example where he talks, uh, you know, where he talks about that healing and the racial divide and how it's not like the time zone or the Mason-Dixie line, right? We can't heal white body supremacy and, and, and white privilege without addressing and healing our trauma, you know, and traumas in, in general, because it's not just black people that carry this trauma, it's white people that carry trauma as well, but that needs to be addressed. Absolutely, and I think just to add a very small piece to that, um, addressing is the beginning of the entire healing process. Right. So, you know, when it comes to guilt, uh, when it comes to avoiding, uh, blame, denial, uh, we see it through forms of whataboutism. And that's the most frustrating thing ever when there's a police shooting and people are like, well, what about if he wouldn't have ran or if he would have just complied? Or, you know, it's easy to um, figure out a reason why it's happening when it's not happening to you. So we have to get beyond the point of blame, denial, avoidance, uh, to actually deal with the race. And, and you're exactly right. And in his example, it's perfect. You can't just say, okay, we're gonna start, we're gonna just deal with this right now. It's an ongoing thing. Um, you, you see how, and this is totally unrelated, but sort of related, you, how this pandemic response has been, you know, we kind of looked at Europe and looked at all the countries that were going through it before we got it. And we said, it would never be that bad over here. Um, but then when it got here, we started to avoid it. Uh, we denied it. We called it conspiracy theories. We did all these things and it has gradually gotten worse. That's the same thing that happens with racism until it eventually comes to a head. And now you have riots and you have um, protests and you have, you know, people right now wielding guns and pulling guns on each other. You got the you know, the Klan pulling out guns, you have the, you know, the black people in response bringing out their guns. And eventually, if you don't deal with trauma through peaceful means, eventually something is going to explode. Right. right. So I think that what he's saying, and he says it very well, is that you have to start the conversation by getting to the root of it. But before you even get to the root, you have to get beyond blame, you have to get beyond guilt, you have to go to the core of the issue. Uh, and that's really hard in America, especially the world that we live in today, Steve, where everything is a 10 minute fix or a 15 minute fix or a tweet or a blog post. Right. So we have a lot of a lot of work to do. Um, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm pragmatically hopeful, maybe not in my lifetime, but maybe in my daughter's lifetime, that things will turn uh, in a much better direction than they are now. Yeah. And, you know, you hear a lot of people that say, you, you know, this this can be fixed with love and and part of that is right mm -hmm. what we call the racial divide is it's not an obstacle to be conquered mm -hmm. right it's a wound that lives within our bodies and a wound can be healed and that starts with us realizing the trauma and and, and trying to, to to fix it and going back to referencing about the mason dixie line you can't heal the mason dixie line it's a line right right, right. But, mm -hmm. but real breathing flesh and blood bodies can heal. Us, mm -hmm. people can heal. And it starts with us. And by fixing that, 
that goes, you know what I'm saying? Like that goes away. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist, you know, but so that's where it starts. And I think that's the beauty of, of the clarity that's brought within this book that I think it's, it's, it's a necessity. It's something that people should tap into and read. And one of the quotes that I loved in this book that just brought it all home was the body keeps the score. Mm -hmm. And when you think about, you know, my grandmother's hands, think about what the grandmother's gone through and, and, and what those hands had to overcome from day one to, you know, however many years later, you know, you go through so much and your hands start to adapt and going to your example, you know, starts to adapt and adjust to its surroundings. And what was once sensitive um, flesh becomes more callous and tough and hard and adjust to, you know, if you're picking cotton, you know, the thorns, you know, that would typically, you know, hurt. So that's the view. I, I absolutely love that quote, the body keeps the score and it does mm -hmm. and it passes it on, you know, and those, those experiences that your grandmother might've experienced are, is in your DNA. <laughs> you know, um, and it takes a lot to, to move forward and take steps forward. So I really appreciated that quote in the book. What was something that, that resonated to you, AJ? I think that same quote, man. I think um, when I first learned about this book, that's kind of what um, drew me to it in the beginning when he talked about his grandmother's hands. And I think the depiction that you gave where, you know, hands are, they start out really soft. Uh, but imagine, you know, those hands picking cotton, um, you know, with those thorns on there. Eventually, in the beginning, it cuts them, uh, but then it starts to heal. And on those hills, there are sores. And then over, once the sores fall off, it becomes wounds. And it happens over and over until there's a callus and it doesn't bother it anymore. Same thing with feet. You know, a lot of times our forefathers and ancestors had to walk barefoot mm -hmm. through cotton fields. Um, and there were snakes out there and there was so many things just to think about it is just hard to wrap your mind around, you know, being in a cotton field. Um, and some of the pictures that we see on TV don't do justice to the way that it actually was. I mean, there's no way that you can, you can do that. And I read in a separate book where sometimes there would be hundreds and hundreds of slaves picking cotton. This is before the cotton gin, uh, hundreds and hundreds of slaves out there and there may be you know six masters on horses on horses with guns um, making sure that they were all working um, for from sun up to sundown to keep up with the demand of the united states and here's a sidebar fact the um demand that was created in the south was equivalent to the ninth largest economy in the world at the time mm -hmm. just the amount of money that was generated from slavery and the cotton industry in the south Man. Think about that. The ninth largest economy of that time. So, you know, although the North wasn't, they weren't, you know, all for slavery, they benefited. Um, the insurance companies, they insured slaves. Um, so, you know, all that, again, it's just so many systems that have just been passed down over and over. We have to start a healing process by starting this conversation. So I love the, the example that he gave of his grandmother's hands and how in the beginning it starts out really hard, which is a great um, metaphor for the conversation. In the beginning, this conversation is going to be hard, but you have to keep at it until we can callous over the feelings that we have uh, and move toward real solutions that we can create in the world that our, you know, us and our generations beyond us can, can heal throughout. I mean, can heal through.
we typically wrap up the podcast. We'll ask each other, who's this book made for? And mm-hmm. I, I honestly think this is almost, you know, almost for everyone. You know, mm-hmm. I think this could benefit for everyone because almost all of us have trauma. I'm not going to say everybody has trauma, mm-hmm. but almost all of us have trauma. And if we are to make the most of our lives and make the world more bearable for other human beings, then we all need to address that trauma. And his book shows us how to begin. I think that's a perfect, perfect way to wrap the conversation. This book is the beginning to the healing of trauma. It's one of the, one of the uh, many books that we should read, but this is definitely a must read to start that conversation. As a matter of fact, I have some friends um, who have asked me about readings. I'm going to recommend this to them. So if you are, I, I already recommended a, yeah. a conference call earlier and I recommended it to about six people, you know, like this is, this is definitely a must. And you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to say this, but I'm going to see if we can reach out to this guy just to have this conversation, uh, <laughs> to have the Absolutely. conversation. I would love to have his take on it. And I, it looks like he's pretty reachable, but we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Um, but anyway, so I think that was a great way to wrap, to wrap it. I think anybody who wants to learn from the past so that we can start to heal uh, should definitely get this book. Um, Steve, how can people find out more about you? Yeah, you can check me out um, on all social media platforms at Steve Canal. Uh, and you can check out my website at stevecanal.com as well. Uh, tap in. Um, man, this book, AJ, this book. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. It's it, a good it, one. Did, it did something to me, AJ. Yeah. Uh, like these are things that I'll think about and talk about. But just hearing it and, and going through it and just the title of the book. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. yeah yeah love, yes it's I, I a love, great book man. i love absolutely loved this book right and i and again i love the approach yeah. um because he approaches it totally different differently than what we're accustomed to hearing when we approach the conversation of race um and i think because he he talks about bodies um and he doesn't actually refer to race a lot like racism a lot he refers to trauma and you know not only the the trauma of the people who oppressed slaves but the trauma that they had to endure when they were being oppressed but then also the trauma of the people who do the oppressing (laughs) so so it's like layers to it but yeah i think this is definitely a good read so here's what we want you guys to do if you are listening to this on ig just take a screenshot Tag a friend in the comment section. If you're listening to it on iTunes, Stitcher, or one of the other networks, um, go over to iTunes or whatever network you're listening to. Leave us a five-star review. Yes, five stars. <laughs> uh, and share it. And share it, okay? We enjoy doing this, and we would love to get your feedback. Uh, and if you want to reach me, I am AJ Joiner on Instagram, A-J-J-O-I-N-E-R. Uh, or if you're interested in writing a book, ajfreebook.com. And that is all I got. Do you have anything else, Steve? No, that's it, man. Love this book. Tap in. And if you want to check out some of the other episodes, make sure to to tune in because we have a lot. So until next time, peace. Peace, peace.